Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. I don't know how many of you uh, follow basketball, but the NCAA tournament is going on right now in men's and women's basketball. Um, this is the championship of the colleges, and they have this tournament every year. And they start with 64 teams, and it goes down uh, to the final two. Well, in women's basketball, Connecticut has been undefeated for 111 straight games. And everybody uh, thought that they were going to win the championship this year. And last night was the semifinal, and Connecticut lost for the first time in 111 straight games. And then when they spoke to the coach afterwards, he explained uh, to the reporter that the fact that they had won as many games as they had won this year and hadn't lost was a miracle because they had many holes in their team. They had many things that weren't as strong as people thought they were. So the fact that they had won had built up this fake aura around them that they were somehow invincible and somehow more than they really were. And he knew that the whole time. He was just amazed that they kept winning. But we on the outside, everyone was thinking, well, they can't lose. And it's like that in the world. We build up these imaginations about things through past experience, and we believe that this will somehow continue. And we believe, we build up a belief system it's very powerful that things are going to stay that way. And those belief systems are built up both in a negative way and in a positive way. If you're a child and someone constantly tells you that you aren't any good and you won't amount to anything and that there's no hope or future for you, you believe it. And then, as you grow up, the memory of those words and the power of those words creates a self-fulfilling prophecy within you so that you continue to have difficulty in everything that you do because you create your own obstacles, because you believe that there are obstacles there. On the other hand, if someone tells you you're the greatest since you were little, you have a belief system that you can overcome things, and you constantly believe that things will go properly for you. Well, 
neither, of course, are true. And any belief system that believes in a projected continuum of things just because you believe them uh, has no basis. Because man proposes and Allah disposes. Uh, We think things will be a certain way, but Allah's way is the way it goes. I remember telling a friend of mine once, I have a plan for that. And uh, he responded to me, well, let's hope that your plan and Allah's plan coincide. And it was really brilliant uh, because I was off, you know, hallucinating this one thing is going to happen this way. And then all of a sudden he kind of caught me in my tracks and made me realize that uh, you shouldn't hallucinate. You should just move forward. Now, what happens is, because we have these preset ideas of what's going to happen, because we have these preset ideas of where we're going and how things are going to turn out, we live not in the moment, but in the future. And we dull our ability to be within the moment. We dull our ability to see what's in front of us because we think we see what's ahead of us. Now, this imaginary notion of seeing what's ahead of us becomes our life. And so we are constantly seeing what's ahead of us And we miss what we're doing. And it leads to emotional diseases like anxiety, uh, terrible frustration, because we can't get calm. (laughs) We're constantly reaching forward. Um, To be in the place where we are without a projection as to what we will be and to be considering our present situation and to be able to be whole within that without being pulled into the future or being pulled into the past is a very important part of the path to the truth. Because the truth doesn't exist in the future. Because the future is a hallucination. It's an imagination. When the future comes, it's now. And the truth is, in every instant, we are now. And when we get ahead of the now, or behind the now, we aren't in reality. Time is the skin of illusion. We drape everything in time. And we focus everything on time. And we look at everything within time. So, 
if we are thinking about the time ahead of us, we are not thinking about now. If we are thinking of the time behind us, we are not thinking about now. And if you are not thinking about now, you are thinking about future results, which uh, in the law, there's a word, in cohate doesn't exist yet, but eventually it will exist, uh, like uh, a contract that doesn't become valid for a period of time. You have an incohate right to something, but the right hasn't vested yet. That's what our mind does. It gives us vesting interest into things that don't yet exist. We have to learn how to be where we are, and we have to learn how to be satisfied where we are. Imagine a moment when you're sitting still, and you have no desire to be anywhere else. You have no desire to think about something else. You have no desire to go anywhere else. You have no memories from the past that disrupt you. You have no anxiety. You're entirely satisfied with the moment that you are in. Now, how does this happen? This happens when there is a connection between you and Hak, reality, God, at that moment. When that connection happens, then there's no need for any other connection, because satisfaction has come into you. Contentment has come into you, because you are touching reality. One of the miracles of being with a true teacher is that you experience those moments. Because when someone is in the moment and you are capable of leaving your own arrogance and your own ideas and your own desires and your own needs and joining in the transmission that's coming from the one who's touching Hawk at that moment, you can go to that moment with him. You can be in that moment with him. And I have been in that moment where I didn't need to be anywhere else. And one of the reasons people come to see teachers, come to see Insan Kamals, come to see people who tell the truth is that in the moment of the truth being told, everything else disappears. And it doesn't matter what truth is being told, because all truth is the truth. It doesn't matter the the aspect that's being shown, because all aspects of the truth are the truth. So, we need to find the truth within us. And we need to be in the place where we touch the truth. 
Now, one of the interesting things about the mind is that it carries a memory bank. And some of the memories in that memory bank are true. A lot of the memories in that memory bank aren't true. But if you can bring up a memory that's connected to the truth, then that will transport you back to the truth. So remember a moment when you were satisfied. It'll bring you into the present. Remember a moment when you had no anxiety. It'll bring you into the present. Remember a time when all all was still and all was perfect. It will bring you into the present. And what we need to do is to be able to maintain that presence. The problem, one of the problems, that our mind has is everybody has what's known as obsessive-compulsive disorder. The inability to take things out of their heads. You know how when you hear uh, the radio and whatever the last song you heard often stays with you for the next few hours and sometimes the next few days. That's the inability of the mind to let go of its most recent experience. Now, the other thing that happens is difficult experiences kind of grab onto you more securely than easy experiences. Because if you personally have trouble with something, and that thing that you have trouble with enters your mind, it is going to nag at you for a long, long time. And it's going to be difficult to let go of that nagging. So somehow, we have to dispel the importance that we give to incidents that occur in the world. And this has to do with praise and blame. These two, for some reason, have more impact on us than most other things. If somebody praises you a lot, you may be walking around in euphoria for a long time. If somebody blames you a lot, you may be walking around in anxiety and depression for a long time. So as long as we are subject to praise and blame, we are subject to obsessive-compulsive disorder in our mind and the constant repetition of these things, and we see them over and over and over, and we think about them over and over and over. How many people, after a breakup with somebody, are lovesick for an enormously long period of time? And why does that happen? Because they can't get the person out of their mind or they can't get the hallucination about what was supposed to happen out of their mind. Even though it never happened, and even though it never had any chance of happening, there was this hallucination. And sometimes our ideas of what should be become stronger than the reality of what is. There were a lot of great saints... Um, I won't go into specifics, but uh, they just sat and didn't say anything. 
they were silent and they taught in their silence why because what they were teaching was for you to also become quiet to become silent you need to become silent internally you have to give up opinions internally you have to give up ideas internally you have to give up all of your imaginations internally and when the mind stops possessing you when the mind stops possessing you Allah can come in because you're no longer barred from the truth and the mind's imaginations bar you from the truth people who know each other for a long time have a different relationship than people who just met why because they've become familiar with the other person and they've seen different aspects of that person and depending on your attitude towards that person you either like them or you dislike them or you've made a judgment about them or you have opinions about them what happens is when you do that you don't allow the possibility of change in that person because you've already determined them and judged them so how about yourself have you already determined and judged yourself have you set the limit of where you can go and where you can rise to if you judge externally you are also judging internally everything you do to people on the outside of you you are doing to yourself and when we begin to understand that when we let go of judgment of those around us we can let go of judgment in ourself because when that inclination exists it not only exists externally it, it exists internally and we should know that so the freer we become of external attachments the freer we become of internal attachments the more silent we become towards external circumstances the more silent we become towards internal circumstances the less opinionated we are as to how we need to react because all of a sudden maybe we realize we don't need to react this not needing to react is an incredibly difficult thing and the world judges not reacting in a way that's not positive because the world doesn't understand the exalted nature of not reacting because the ones who are judging 
are reacting. And since what they do is react, and since what they're looking for is reaction, and since their life is based on constant reaction, they can't understand non-reaction. Because they're stuck in this happens, I do this. This happens, I do that. This happens, I do this. Action and reaction. Action and reaction. They are caught in the midst of robotic performances. It's almost like there's a switch that goes off in response to every other thing that happens. Can we sit silent in the midst of all those howling around us? Can we be silent and non-judgmental in the midst of all of those judging around us? Can we understand the essence of truth when everybody around us denies it? Can we see who and how things are really when everybody around us attempts to cloud it and has motive about how they want it to appear? Beware of motive-filled people. Beware of their words and beware of their tendencies. Beware of their make-believe friendships because they can't be friends. Their only friends are their motives. Their only reasons are their motives. Their only loyalty is to their motives. They don't have empathy. They have motives. Dangerous people. But it's hard to see them because they hide their motives. And the Quran speaks about them. The ones who do not say what they think. The ones who know that unless they hide how they really feel, society is going to react to them. So they've learned to hide. But every once in a while, they squirt out because they can't help themselves. They're so full of judgment and so full of motives that these sometimes just have to come out. We have to be careful as we walk through this world. And we have to be able to see where truth is and learn how to find truth. And we have to know that if we are in the midst of anxiety, we need to do something about it. If we are in the midst of difficulty, we need to do something about it. And the answer is always the same. The truth is with Allah, and the closer we are with Allah, the less we are with the world. And the less we are with the world, the more all of these things will fade from us. The less we will need. If you follow the example of our Sheikh Ba'u Muhayyadeen, you will see that he had very few needs within the world. And because he wasn't expecting things, he was never disappointed. Because he wasn't looking for things, 
he was never disappointed. Because he didn't want anything, he was never disappointed. So we have to look at our own disappointments and our own difficulties. And why do they come? Well, they usually come because we're expecting something. Expectations lead to disappointments. If not now, later. But that's what's going to happen. So if you're attached to expectations, you're also attached to disappointment. You're attached to anxiety. You're attached to difficulties. Desire leads to disappointment. There's never enough. Desire cannot be fulfilled. There's only one desire in existence that has a cure. And that's the desire to know Allah. Every other desire is ephemeral. Every other desire exists in maya and illusion. And if you're looking to find satisfaction in maya or illusion, all they're going to give you is maya and illusion. They're going to give you illusory satisfaction, illusory gifts, illusory things that disappear. God is the only reality. And when we understand that God is the only reality, we then also understand that the only satisfaction (coughs) is with him. Reality gives us satisfaction. Reality gives us a feeling of fullness, a feeling of being completed. Without it, we cannot become complete. No matter how much fame, no matter how much money, no matter how much land, no matter how much power someone has in the world, it is never (coughs) enough. Why isn't it enough? Because it doesn't fulfill you inside. Think about it. Fame is outside of yourself. Money is outside of yourself. Power is outside of yourself. What's in you? You can't eat money. You can't eat fame. You can't join with it and become complete. It's a lie. You can only become complete with that which is complete. And what is that which is complete? Only Allah. (coughs) And how do you become complete in Allah? By by stopping to try to be complete with the world. There's a saying that a cobra can only give you venom. And if you're trying to form a relationship with a cobra what you're going to get is venom. If you try to form a relationship with Maya, all you're going to get is illusion, because that's what it is. Things can only give you what they have. Fire (coughs) can only give you destruction. Water drowns you. Air tosses you around. Earth buries you. Allah exalts you. Allah 
takes you to the truth. But to come to that truth, we have to give up earth, air, fire, and water. We have to give up the elements that we believe will satisfy us because they can't. And we have to understand the reality of the fact that they can't. And we have to somehow turn around towards that truth. Which means that one of our prayers has to be, Allah, make us satisfied with you. Allah, take away from us the imagination that there are things in the world we can become satisfied with. Make us understand the reality of of existence and that that reality is within you and only within you. There is no other way other than you, Allah. Let us see that. An old era prayer used to be, Allah, make me love you the way I love cold water in the middle of the desert. We are in the middle of the desert. And we are parched, but we don't realize it because water seems abundant. But we're parched for the truth. And the truth only exists within Allah. And when we understand that, and when we make that commitment, then praise and blame are gone. Then anxiety is gone. Then the obsessive-compulsive disorders of our desires in this world are gone. And we become free. We think that in the chase for these worldly possessions, something's going to happen. Many uh, very wealthy men talk about their wealth and what happened. And often their stories are very similar. They say, when we were in the chase, there was the excitement of the chase. But now that we've obtained it, the chase is over, and I get no satisfaction from what I've got. What's that mean? That means that they don't have an understanding of reality. They've tried to fit reality into the way their mind thinks. And we can't fit reality into the way our mind thinks. We can only find reality when our mind is no longer influential and our heart becomes influential. So we have to let go of the mind. And we have to let go of the ideas of the mind. And we have to settle into the moment and into this time that is now. And we have to let ourselves be without mind and desire and praise and blame and needs. We have to enter into a state of silence within ourselves. And in that silence, reality will appear. Satisfaction will come and we'll know the truth about ourselves. May it be so for each of us. May that place come quickly for us. May we understand that reality. May we yearn 
for that reality. And may Allah satisfy that yearning. Ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbi Assalamu alaykum.